We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, more about the poll, the survey, that shows that America's church has fallen, and how this shocking data shows that fake Christianity has supplanted the biblical worldview in our nation and in our culture. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. As you know, the topic for yesterday's show was Christianity and how this new poll is out that says that fake Christianity has supplanted orthodoxy, a biblical worldview in America, and frankly, in the entire West. I started out the show by sharing a quote from Frank Turek. I'm going to share it again because I want to continue this common theme, this common thread from show to show. And if you didn't listen yesterday, this is an excellent quote. And if you did listen yesterday, this is an excellent quote. You might want to write it down. You, want, you might want to commit it to memory. Here's the quote from Frank Turek, who, by the way, is an excellent apologist. You need to follow him. Frank Turek, T-U-R-E-K. Here's his quote. Some people call themselves progressive Christians when they're neither progressive nor Christian because they disagree with Jesus on several significant issues. They disagree with Jesus on sex. They disagree with Jesus on the Bible. They disagree with Jesus on heaven and hell. They disagree with Jesus on his atonement. So why would they call themselves a Christian? Close quote, Frank Turek. So today I want to further this conversation by digging deeper into this poll that was conducted, excuse me, conducted by George Barna. It was released a couple weeks ago on July 4th. And the title of the article in the Western Journal, the article written by Rachel Bratton, July 4th, 2021, is titled, The American Church Has Fallen. Shocking poll shows that fake Christianity has supplanted the biblical worldview. And I would argue that whether you're a Christian or whether you're not, you should care deeply about this topic. Because as even... Bill Maher, as even Bill Maher has said, would you rather live next door to a fundamentalist Christian or to a fundamentalist Muslim? Which one would you rather live next door to? Even Bill Maher has said that, recognizing that Christians, by and large, are good neighbors, whereas people who embrace other worldviews, by and large, are not. So I ask you this question before we take a break. Would you rather live next door to an evangelical Christian, a faithful Christian, an orthodox Christian, a Christian who actually believes the Bible 
and does his best to follow it. A person who says, I'm born again and not born that way. A person who asks for forgiveness rather than makes excuses. A person who tries to follow Jesus rather than follow his libido. Would you rather live next door to that person or somebody who's angry, who waves the Black Lives Matter flag and who embraces identity identity politics in all of the alphabet soup worldview of LGBTQIASJWBLM that comes with it. Who would you rather have as your neighbor? Who's going to behave more politely, more generously, more patient, more kind, more giving, and more loving? Loving in the accurate sense of the word. Not the butchered sense that you hear today from the rainbow, but loving as is defined in the Bible. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. Love endures all things. Love is not self-centered. Love is selfless. Who would you rather live next to, whether you're a Christian or not? Well, Bill Maher has answered the question, what say you? Let's take a break and acknowledge our sponsors. And when we get back, I'll discuss this poll from George Barna. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. Okay, so here's the poll. Let's dig into this. You need to hear the data here. So sometimes reading through polls and reading through surveys can be a boring read or a boring broadcast. And I sincerely hope that's not the case in the minutes that follow here, because these are very important statistics. Uh, in this case, the statistics don't lie. I <laughs> know they say you can lie with statistics, and I recently had to confront a Facebook follower who was posting a graph that I thought butchered the data. You had to get a magnifying glass out to see that the there was a huge spike in the most recent data with regard to inflation on the price of gasoline, the price of lumber, the price of groceries, the price of buying a new home, the price of buying a, a used or a new car. All these prices have gone up dramatically since the election of Joe Biden. Well, this guy posts a chart that's longitudinal. It goes back a couple decades and therefore, it just shows a gradual increase over time. And I said, you're obscuring the data. And he said, I'm not obscuring the data. I'm just sharing a graph. And I said, well, look at it. You can't even see the spike that I'm referring to. You can't see that since Joe Biden's inauguration, that inflation has spiked dramatically. You'd have to get a magnifying glass out to see it in your, gra in your graph. So, yes, I agree. You can lie with statistics. And my young friend, Jared, is an example of somebody attempting to do that. And I called him on it. And you should call me on it if I'm obscuring the data. But that's not the case here. I, there's no way that you can hear these numbers and conclude that they're being manipulated one way or another. And frankly, George Barna is an excellent pollster. It's very important that you follow his work. So here's... Here's what this story says, written by Rachel Bratt in July 24, excuse me, July 4th, July 4th, the Western Journal. <clears throat> uh, the American church has fallen, shocking poll shows fake Christianity. I think that's 
really critical in the title. They nailed it in the title of this article, quite frankly. Like Frank Turek says, why are you calling yourself a Christian if you don't believe in Christianity? Stop. Just call yourself something else. Don't call yourself a Christian if you don't even believe in the orthodoxy of the Christian faith. Just stop. Call yourself a wokeism or a woker or call yourself uh, a new ager. Call yourself a Buddhist. Call yourself whatever you want, but don't call yourself a Christian if you don't believe in Christ and if you don't believe in the orthodoxy of the Christian faith. Back to the article. American Christianity has fallen. Thanks to cultural corrosion and a lack of biblical literacy, a new fake Christianity has raked the ground of the American church. That's the opening sentence by Rachel Bratton. Let's go on. This counterfeit religion is moralistic therapeutic deism. Now that's an important description to to hang on to here. Moralistic therapeutic deism. And this article isn't the first one to coin that phrase. This has been argued for before by Barna and others. They've told us that this was coming and that Orthodox Christianity was being watered down into this moralistic religion, this therapeutic religion, this feel-goodism of religion that I just want to be loved. I just want to be loved and cared for. I just want to be affirmed. And that's what Jesus would have done because Jesus never said a cruel word or an unkind thing or a harsh thing to anyone. What a boatload of nonsense. Read your Bible. But that's moralistic therapeutic deism. And Rachel Bratton describes it this way. She says it's a worldview that has quickly gained prominence and given many Americans a theology that looks nothing like historical Christianity, despite what they may claim. Very important and very true. Now remember, as I read this data, what moralistic therapeutic deism is. It's kumbayaism. Let's just get together around the campfire and give everybody a hug. Let's just affirm everybody. The affirmational church, the emergent church, the universalist church, the church of love. That's moralistic therapeutic deism. George Barna, director of research at Arizona Christian University, said MTD, that's the acronym for moralistic therapeutic deism, or watered-down, feel-good, fake Christianity, is the most popular worldview in the United States today, according to Christianity Daily. The article then goes on to say that a recent poll conducted by Arizona Christian University found that 38% of adults hold this view. What view? Moralistic therapeutic deism. This watered-down, feel-good, fake Christianity. Proof? The proof that's in the poll? Well, three out of four people still consider themselves Christians but yet essentially believe in MTD, Moralistic Therapeutic Deism. The poll was conducted in February of 2020, and it showed that among 2,000 adults with a margin of error of plus or minus two percentage points, that the fact that there is a greater 
percentage of people who call themselves Christian draw from MTD than from the Bible. And this says a lot about the state of the Christian church in America and all of the ramifications of embracing MTD, moralistic therapeutic deism, rather than orthodox Christianity. So what they're saying is this. The poll was fairly robust. It included over 2,000 adults. It had a margin of error of plus or minus two percentage points, which is good. George Barna is a good pollster, and his conclusions should be attended to. Barna says this, Simply and objectively stated, Christianity in this nation is rotting from the inside out. Close quote. Should you care? Do you care? Do you sense that what he's saying is true, even if you can't point to the actual numbers, which I'm going to share with you in just a second? Does your gut tell you that he's right? Does your experience in your local church tell you that he's right? Or as you watch the church across the street, are you concerned that Barna might be right? Does the rhetorical joke, if you will, of Bill Maher, an atheist, an angry atheist, who has mocked religion and mocked Christianity relentlessly, does his statement that I'd rather live next to an evangelical, orthodox, conservative, fundamentalist Christian than next to an activist Muslim, does that ring true with you? Well, it should. Who would you find to be a more friendly neighbor? Somebody with an uplifted Marxist fist who refuses to stand with hand over heart when the national anthem is played, who kneels in rebellion and protest to our nation's legacy, its heritage, its values? Or would you rather live next to somebody who gets up every Sunday morning, takes his or her family, to church with Bible under arm. Who would you rather live next to? Well, Bill Maher, again, has answered that question for you. He's being honest about that, at least. All right. So let's get back to the article. Barna is saying that Christianity in this nation is rotting from the inside out. Barna explained that moralistic therapeutic deism is as follows. And he's telling us how it affects the way Christians engage in culture. MTD is essentially what I would call fake Christianity. This is directly from Barna. Because it has some Christian elements in it, but it's not really biblical. It's not really Christian. Close quote, George Barna. And then he went on to explain what each element of MTD is, what the elements of this worldview are. The moralistic perspective, says Barna, is we're here to be good people and to try to do good things. That's really what life is about. I'll be good to you and you be good to me and it'll all work out. The therapeutic aspect is everything is supposed to be geared to making me feel good about myself ultimately, to make me happy. Do you see the conflict here? Let me go back. There's a conflict endemic to MTD, moralistic therapeutic deism, that it's self-refuting. 
And that's why you see the anger in people who claim to hold on to this view. I'm going to read it again and see if you can see the conflict even before I point it out. The moralistic perspective is we're here to be good people and to try to do good. That's really what life is about. I'll be good to you, you be good to me, and it will all work out. The therapeutic aspect of it is everything is supposed to be geared to making me feel good about myself, ultimately to make me happy. You see, if we claim that we're all good people, and I'll be good to you and you be good to me and it'll all work out, but then you turn around and say, everything should be geared toward making me feel good about myself, ultimately to make me happy. Well, there are some things that you believe that I disagree with. And therefore, if everything's supposed to be geared toward me to make me feel good about myself, then you need to be silenced if you're not making me feel happy. And therefore, we can't all just live together and it won't all just work out. Because the minute you start compromising my sense of self, then you're not a good person. Because I'm the one to judge. Not God. Not you but me. Does he see, do you see the problem in this moralistic therapeutic deism? Do you see why it becomes so narcissistic and so self-focused that it silences those around you because they're really not good people? You say you believe that everybody's a good person, but anyone that disagrees with you is not a good person by definition because they don't make you feel good about yourself. All right, the deism side of the equation, the deism side of the moralistic therapeutic deism. According to George Barna, deism is the idea that God created the world but has no direct involvement in it. Basically, according to MTD, there is a distant God who just wants everyone to be nice. And the purpose of life is to live and let live, enjoy yourself, and be happy. This is a very childish outlook on life. It's very narcissistic. It's very self-focused. It's all about me. It's all about mine. It's all about being happy. And if you're not nice to me, then you are not part of the new religion. And you need to be subjected to the new inquisition. You will repent of your lack of moralistic therapeutic deism or we'll put you in jail. And that's really happening. Look what happened to this pastor in Canada because he just wants to conduct his church in open air, outside in a woods. They came in and threw him in jail. And what happens in Canada doesn't stay in Canada. If you think that isn't going to be in your own backyard in the blink of an eye, you're not paying attention. All right, I've got limited time. Let's go. I've got to skip past a lot of what's going on here. The article goes on and says this, American Christians who have adopted this philosophy, MTD, have borrowed heavily borrowed heavily from the modern secular world, which elevates personal definitions of right and wrong above any objective standard of truth, like the Bible. 
Again, consistent with MTD, moralistic therapeutic deism. You are the center of everything, not God. Everything revolves around you because the point is for you to be happy. And anything that compromises your happiness, your peace of mind, is bad. And frankly, Christianity is going to compromise your peace of mind. Christianity is going to convict you of your sins, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. See, Christianity is a religion of confession. Confession of what? Confession of your brokenness. Confession of your rebellion. Confession of your narcissism, your selfishness, your worship of self rather than your worship of God. Christianity is not a feel-good religion. Christianity is a response to the creator of the universe where you're saying, You are broken, you are wrong, and that you confess, and that you repent, and that you're pleading for that creator to grant you forgiveness. And Christianity does because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, the second person of the triune God on the cross. And the proof of all of that is in the resurrection. People who come back from the dead generally should be believed. And there is abundant evidence that Christ's resurrection is true. It wasn't made up. It wasn't contrived. Apostles didn't give their lives. They didn't get sawed in half, hung on crosses, beheaded, boiled in oil. They didn't endure all of that because they knew that they were living a lie, that the resurrection was a fraud. It was a fabrication. It was nothing but a construct, a gain a favor in the eyes of those they were preaching to and those that they were teaching? No, come on, stop and think. Who's going to allow himself to be beheaded? Who's going to allow himself to be drawn on a rack and sawed in two? Who's going to allow himself to be impaled on a stake, crucified upside down on a cross? Who's going to allow himself to be treated in such a way and watch his family members be treated in like manner if he knows that the resurrection is a lie? Stop and think about it, people. Stop and think. As Chuck Colson once said, as he lived through the Watergate fiasco, he saw how the rats scrambled to get off the sinking ship. People don't sit around and endure this type of torture if they know that the whole story is a lie. Okay, so this is, um, back to the article, American Christians who have adopted the philosophy have borrowed heavily from the modern secular worldview, which elevates personal definitions of right and wrong above any standard of objective truth, like the Bible. According to the study conducted by LifeWay Research, a little more than half, here are the numbers, here's the actual data, got limited time, here's the actual data. A little more than half of Americans who describe the Bible as a good source of morals. Only a little more than half. So let's just say 50%, half of the people that you pass on the sidewalk are going to describe the Bible 
as a good source of morals. Well, if it's not a good source of morals, what is the source? Where are your morals coming from? I'm just curious. Where are they coming from? Uh, Black Lives Matter? Its mission statement? Is that where your morals come from? How about critical race theory? Is that where you get your morals? How about Nietzsche? How about Derrida? How about Foucault? Is that where you're getting your morals? I'm just curious. Where do your morals come from? Where does your sense of right from wrong come from? If only half of you believe that they come from the Bible. Only 38% said it was a historical document. Only 38% of Americans think the Bible is historically accurate. 37% said that it was helpful for today. Stunning numbers. Only half of the people think it's a good source for morals. Only 38% think that it is historically accurate, an historical account. And only 37% think that it's even helpful for today. Incredible. Moral therapeutic deism is cake and ice cream, says Barna. It's cake and ice cream theology for those who want to feel good about themselves without sacrificing anything in their daily lives. It distorts the God of the Bible in an attempt to make him bless all the various different machinations of personal desire and vanities in the modern world. It's one of those models that says, and there are a number of worldviews that say this, you got to live in the moment. Live and let live, for tomorrow you may die. This is all you've got, and you've got to make the most of it. Quote, unquote, George Barna. Those numbers, I'm going to go over them again. Just let them sink in. Only a little more than half of Americans describe the Bible as a good source of morals. Only 38% say it is an historical account. And only 37% think that the Bible is helpful. Now, this doesn't even get into the aspect of what say you of Jesus? You know, what do you believe about Jesus? Is Jesus the Son of God? Is Jesus the second person of the triune God? Is Jesus a historical figure? Did he actually live? Did he actually teach? Did he actually walk and talk among us here on earth? Did he actually get crucified on the cross? And did he actually rise from the grave? Is this a historical account or is this just a fabrication? Well, if only 37 or 38% of you think that it's a historical document, then you can easily discount the story of Jesus as being metaphor rather than reality. You can easily set aside the resurrection as being symbolic rather than true. If we don't have a compass, we don't know where we're going. If you don't have a map, you're not going to get from point A to point B. The Bible has historically been the map for the American way of life. But this survey shows that we've shredded it. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. What is that truth? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.